This breakout is evangelizing the nations from your front door. Steve Brannon and panel. Kate Williams, Nicole Shaffey, and Andy Erickson. All right, great. So we got the back row people. We got the front row guy. Come on now. Nice job. You, you get a cookie. They're in the they're in the boxes over there. So that's what you get. So. So great. So this is going to be a panel forum, and so we'll, I have some pre-planned questions that they're going to answer, and then we'll open it up to any other questions that you guys might have. Um, we're going to be talking into this because it's being recorded for other people and for posterity's sake. So we all serve with Chi Alpha. And so Chi Alpha is the Assembly of God outreach to colleges and universities in Ohio, but across the nation. And one of our main uh, desires and objectives is to reach internationals. They come here for an education. We pray that they leave here with Jesus as well. And they bring Jesus with them back to their own country, back to their own families, to their workplaces. Uh, it is a great way to do missions. And so we teach students one of our main mantras that actually I think um, it was a BGMC has picked up on that every student prays, every student gives, every student goes, every student welcomes. And so praying should be obvious. Every student gives that we expect all of our students to give towards missions, towards missionaries, towards, towards Jesus expansion, kingdom stuff. And so that's an expectation, anticipation. Because then when they get into the real world and start making real money, they should continue that habit of giving to missions in a real tangible way. Every student give, uh, prays, gives, goes. We encourage our students to go on a mission trip, both, both in place in the U.S., but also outside because it just breaks off the selfishness that we have as Americans. Um, and then every student welcomes that, that when we have people coming from overseas or just downtrodden or whatever, that they would be a welcoming entity. That's not just our goal for students, though. That's our hope and our prayer for every person, that every person, we all would pray, give, go, and welcome. And so that's our premise of how we're going to run with this um, panel. We're assuming that we don't have to convince you that international people are valuable and that we should love them and care for them like Jesus does. And um, just a little clue to everyone else outside of our country, we are internationals. And so you are an international to the other 200 countries <laughs> that are around the globe. And so and I know that you can think of, well, I have emotions, I have feelings. That's exactly the same way with them. And so I think sometimes we can sort of put them off on the, they're not the same level of experience or uh, emotions or whatever. And so I know Andy asked originally, I wanted to ask, like, who lives in a rural area? Rural area? Okay, who lives in a more like a metro uh, city, like city area? Okay, and everyone else lives in your grandma's basement? Or, I mean, where else do you guys live? Suburbs, suburbs, lots of suburbs. Great. Um, how easy is it? How often are you encountering internationals? Do you see them often in rural areas? You probably don't see them as much in the cities. You probably see them, Pastor Randy, all the time where you run into them. Anyone else? Do you see do you see internationals around you very often? So there's an Iranian right across the street. Where are places that you might run into them? Okay, so on campus for sure. Where are other places? Where? Stores? Yeah, even restaurants. Typically when you see any restaurant that is of a different food group, then it's like, well, that's probably, if it's a Japanese steakhouse, there might be Japanese there. So, um, 
immigrants, migrant workers, professionals, restaurant owners. And so we have them all around us and it's just a matter of us introducing ourselves and connecting with them. So first question to you guys is, what are some challenges that international families or individuals experience while living in the U.S.? That's going to be unique to them versus us. Um, and the same way that if whatever I would feel, if, I, if I'm planted in another country, I'd feel very lonely. I'd feel very, like, it, I, it's hard to get around. I, I would like friends to, to help me feel safe, help me feel comforted. Um, just a, a lot of um, a cultural, there's a word for it, uh, culture shock, where I'm in a different culture. I don't speak the language. It's challenging for me. Even if I'm really smart and aware of things, it's just difficult to make necessary relationships. I think with that is just tangible resources, right? So how do you go to the social security office if you need to get a job for us, like helping students get jobs on campus, right? Or how do you renew your driver's license? Things like that that are not um, textbook in other countries, right? And so just how our government works, how our systems work, and a really good explanation of that that isn't um, belittling or demeaning, but just really um, helpful. And then I think all these things get applied to the demographic that you're reaching out to. Is it a Japanese professional from Honda? You know, is it an immigrant worker who, who may not even be legal here? Yeah. Right, that person's going to face totally different things than a Japanese person that, you know, is studying medicine or is a doctor here um, compared to a refugee, right? So every need is going to look different than based on the group, but these are, you know, obviously the basic things that every person migrating to another country is going to deal with. So then how do you go about discovering all those challenges with the different demographics? How do you get into life enough to find out about that stuff? Um, I know this sounds really uh, complicated, but just asking them. Um, like one thing you could do is we've, we've frequented a taco shop near us. That's not Taco Bell. It's a really authentic taco shop. And we just started talking to the owner, started just being really, really friendly to them and asking them about their family. Found out two of their students go to the university that we minister at and uh, just started talking to them through the different needs that they have and just asking them about their life like you would, like you're meeting any other friend. And that's been really successful to us. Honestly, just thinking normal questions for uh, any other friend that I'm trying to meet. And I think like with that, it's really founded in relationship. Like if you think about um, maybe when you go to church on Sunday morning, right, and you're not doing well, but somebody asks you how you're doing, what's your typical response probably? Good, how are you, right? And so in the same way, our international friends probably um, – may face the same thing and be even more guarded, realizing that there is a cultural barrier. And so I would say um, it took, for a friend of mine from Saudi Arabia, it took a year um, for him to open up and actually say that he was not mentally doing well. There was a lot going on. And so just deep, deep-rooted, authentic, two-way relationship. So how do you find them? And what are your first steps in building any type of friendship, any type of relationship? Uh, I think Andy gave a good example, right? Like there's a taco shop down the street <laughs> and Americans don't run it or, you know, like third generation Americans don't run it. Um, in terms of refugees, you can look at 
at a website and it'll probably tell you like where your pockets are within Columbus and what those people groups are of refugees. Every city welcomes different refugee like represented countries and so Columbus has its own pocket of specific refugees. Um, restaurants, grocery stores, um, you know just like walking into Walmart, right? If you're in a urban area just walking into Walmart, you're going to meet an international. Um, now, it, it, how would you meet them? How, yeah. how would you meet them? I don't, you know, I think you just walk up to people. As scary as it is and as crazy as it is, like, if we want people to know Jesus, we just have to walk up to people and uh, be curious, right? Like, I'm, I'm Kate. Um, I notice that maybe, you know, if, if I notice something about the person, like I notice you're looking for a place, or hey, are you looking for a place? They may not even look like they're looking for a place. I may just ask them to make the conversation happen, right? Um, so just walking up to people, they don't have a disease um, just because they're from another country, or like humans are humans, right? So the same way we would meet our neighbor, the same way we can welcome and meet an international person. This may be like a kind of general statement, but in my experience in campus ministry, I've never met an international student that did not want to have an American friend. And so um, my neighbor is from Saudi Arabia, and I started talking to her, and she said I was so excited to tell my friends that I finally have my American friend, right? And so it's really endearing, right? And so with that, assuming like obviously to American to American, it may feel weird at Walmart for someone to walk up to you, right? You may be like, what are you doing? But in an international sense, it's different because I think that relationship is already desired most of the time on the other end. Um, I think places where it's kind of like a third place, so it's not your home, it's not necessarily their, their home, it's places like a coffee shop, places where there's a little bit of gathering. It allows a little bit more time to have those conversations. So like even Starbucks, we've met students in Starbucks and just even starting a conversation of like, hey, where are you from? I know that seems like it, it can be it can be misinterpreted, but honestly, most of the time it's not. And so, uh, and it's not the conversations that we have. It doesn't like it's not perfect every time. I st I still stumble through it. I still trip over my words. I say something dumb. But my goal is that they would know Jesus, and so that motivates me to continue to have conversations, just like we would with Americans. You keep trying, you keep trying, you keep trying. And the Lord is even more desiring that those things would work too. And so the Holy Spirit is with us, enabling those conversations. Yeah, something I always remember. Um, I've done this for 13 years. I've worked with internationals for 13 years. And I'm still nervous to meet new people. But I just, rem you know, I, I have to remember that they're just as nervous to meet me. So if, if neither of us go the extra mile, you know, and they're not the believer, right? They're not the one that, that wants me to know about Jesus. And so if I just go the extra mile, recognizing this is probably going to be awkward for both of us, <laughs> right? They're just as nervous as I am nervous. And so let me just ask Jesus to give the courage to bridge the gap. And he said, uh, one question was, where are you from? And so there's, that could be a loaded question because they may say, Springfield, Ohio, why? You know, in a perfectly straight, normal accent. Uh, one of my friends asked that same general question, and the girl, like, freaked out on him and said, why are you a, a bigot and a racist, specifically? 
And he goes, actually, just the opposite. I love people, and I love every type of person, wherever they're from. Blah, blah, blah. And, so, and so in his conversation, he flipped it on his head, and they became great friends. They connected because she's already geared to be offended. Here's one truth, though. Internationals haven't picked up the American culture yet, thankfully. So they're not quite as, as hostile, quite as defensive, quite as, as negative they truly do want an American friend. I don't know if you read it in the description, but less than 20% of internationals that come to the U.S. never step foot in one American home. You mentioned how do we connect, and you mentioned about relationships. An easy question is, tell me about your family. Internationals love their family, want to share about their family. We Americans don't typically. That's, that's not our inroad. You wouldn't go up to someone and just say, hey, tell me about your family. I'd say, what are you trying to sell me? You know. <laughs> But they want, to, they want to share, and so that is an easy, good question to ask them because it matters. And so then they come here, and they're never invited into a home. Then by the time they leave, one of the high values of theirs is hospitality. Well, that's not a very good, hospi that's not a very good trait for America. And yet they think that we're a Christian nation. Yeah. With poor hospitality in a Christian nation, A plus B equals C, that means that Christianity is not a good religion. Your religion is worse than my religion. I don't need your God. My God is better because my God is nicer. My God cares about my family. My God cares about my needs. Where they come here and they see a bunch of us that we don't care about them, we don't care about their family, we don't care about their needs. And all that's because of our insecurity that we can't go over ourselves to ask them, hi, you may be new here. I'm new in this store too. Have you been here before? And, and you're just, even just by hearing what they talk like, that might be an indication, are they from this country or not? If they have a different accent, I love your accent. Where are you from? Texas. Oh, okay. I've never been in Texas, you know. So, <laughs> Texas. Yes. Um, I think there's probably a, a misconception that, uh, and maybe it's true in some parts, maybe not, but that Americans may not appreciate other cultures. Mm -hmm. And so if we can counter that, of even simple things like, hey, I really like your bracelet. Like, where's it from? Or I really like your necklace. Does it mean something? You may not fully love that necklace. You may be a little concerned about, or we may be a little concerned, is that a, another religious necklace? I don't really know. Like, can, I, I wouldn't wear it, you know, but like there's a, there's a level where you can appreciate something about somebody. Like, I really like, uh, you know, I think I only think it's dress things, you know, like, <laughs> but um, just your beard. your beard. That's right, that's right, exactly. Uh, but complimenting something about them, just it's a, it's a subtle, easy way just to kind of break the ice where we're actually coming humbly and saying, hey, I, I appreciate this about you, as opposed to interrogating, you know, because the where are you from question can be seen in that way, but if you're complimenting them, hey, I, I like your shirt, where is it from? It's very much inquisitive, it's asking, it's seeking a relationship, and I, we found that that goes really well. And he threw out a couple good one-liners of questions. Hey, I like your this, or where'd you get that? I would write some of these down or even write additional ones that you can think of down because in the moment, you'll be nervous and you'll, you might say something stupid, which is possible, but the, you're not good at anything the first try. And so you try, try again, right? That, finally, that thing shut off. That's good, that's good. We were like yelling at you. <laughs> nice. Pastor Dave Gross just said that there's a lot of hot air up front, for the record. 
Okay, so with that with that mentality of you might mess up. So what are some cautions or even misperceptions that people have in interacting or even engaging in a conversation with an international? I can share because I've done this wrong many times. Um, so I like think about um, how you voted in this past election, right? And think about maybe how passionately you held that. And then think of somebody on the complete opposite side of the political spectrum, like someone that like would potentially infuriate you. And then imagine being called the same as that person. Like, oh, you're just the same as them, right? Like, oh, you, you know. And so in that same way, right, like it's really easy to think that two people from the same country are the same type of person. Person, right and so like um, you meet someone from Saudi Arabia from the east and you meet somebody in Saudi Arabia from the south they're completely different and they don't appreciate being compared to somebody else because you've met one person from their country in the same way you however you voted right probably don't appreciate being lumped in the same group with somebody from the other political party right because you just simply are residents in the same country right and so I think one of the biggest cautions and I learned this the hard way is not that oh I met somebody else from your country and they like this this and this so you must like this this and this and you just like this and you know because it's just not true it's not true for us it's not true for other countries too so what are the cautions or misconceptions um i think what comes to mind as nicole was even speaking is not to label people mm. you know we can think that immigrant worker who's illegal who cares like they need jesus that's bottom line people need jesus or this refugee whatever your stance is who cares? Like this refugee that can't fleed from their own country is here now in, in our states, you know. It doesn't really matter what my stance is on that, whether my tax dollars are going to that or not. That person needs Jesus. And it's only by the grace of God they survived, probably. That's why they're a refugee. And now they're here and they get to hear about Jesus because they're probably not coming from a Christian country, you know, from what we've seen. Um, and so just not to label people. You know, I see someone in the hijab. Like, let me not label them the Islamic terrorist or the, you know, whatever comes to mind when we see someone in a hijab. Just try not, like, okay, I just label them. That's okay. Now, Jesus, help me talk to them. Help, help me see what you see in this person. Yeah. I remember the first time I met a Muslim student that was not devout in their faith. And that was really shocking to me because I assumed if you were Muslim, you must be really, really devout. And so that was a misconception that I had where not every international that we meet or human that we meet is really devout and even in their own beliefs, their own understanding. Uh, we meet a lot of students that are trying to distance themselves from their own family culture. And so they're open to a lot of things and, and things like that. And so they may even be trying to disassociate themselves from other preconceived notions that may be even true of their parents. And so uh, if we can come as inquisitive is if we can come as asking questions and really as, as learners oh that's such a good posture and that that translates cross-culturally you can you can tell a learner even if you don't speak the same language and if so if we can approach that in that posture it doesn't mean we have to agree with everything but I mean same thing you do with anybody else from a different culture different stance if we come as a learner there's a lot of power in that one of the misconception is that you have to talk loudly and slowly. <laughs> the good way is just talk to them normal and then and then gauge how they respond. Yeah. If they respond with confusion and their English is very 
broken or difficult, then you've just learned, okay, talk slower, more enunciated. But if they respond right back to you, loud and slow, then you're like, okay, they're making fun. And then you just have a relationship with them. So what is a good way, um, let me ask it, what does it look like to be a good friend to an international? What is a good friend, whether it's right across the street or you meet them on the street, and and I want you to share that story uh, that just happened Wednesday. Um, What does it mean to be a good friend? I think like any American friendship as well, that it's not based on contingency, right? So like you wouldn't be not be friends with someone um, that is from the U.S. if they didn't make a decision to follow Jesus in a week or two weeks, right? And so I think in the same way with our international friends or people that we want to be friends with, that our friendship isn't rooted in the contingency that you'll accept Christ. Or if I've asked you twice to come to church with me and you've said no, well then, I'm not going to get lunch with you for a while because whatever, you know. And so I think just just building an authentic friendship in the same way that you would want a friendship built with you, right? That you would want um, to know that someone was in, genuinely invested in you without strings attached, right? Um, because like Steve has said, right, our international friends aren't dumb. And so in the same way, if you think you're pulling one over on them, how, how demeaning does that feel when that's done to you, right? And so just treating them as you would want to be treated. We, um, we mostly work with university students, you know. Um, um, so I did a little bit of research outside of my, maybe my sweet spot with people that work with refugees and then people that work with um, Japanese professionals because of the car industry. And both of, them, both of them said being a friend is two-sided. Um, so if I have a friendship, right, like say we're good friends, Good friendship isn't me always giving something to you, like, oh, Bob, he needs a coat because he moved here in the winter. Or, oh, Bob, he, you know, like has, has these needs, and so let me just provide for all his needs but never give the opportunity to give back. Friendship's two-sided. And so I think sometimes we get into a place where we can think this is the needy person, but really they just need a friendship. So how I would be friends with, you know, my friend like Nicole is how I would be friends with an international. I don't look at her and say, like, oh, poor Nicole, she's at Kent State. <laughs> like, yeah. how can I help her? Um, you know, I, I, we give back to each other. And so both, both people said that, and I just thought that was so good. Like, how can I encourage Bob to come out in his giftings and value him for who he is? Because um, that's what friendship is. It's two-sided. always a lot more receptive honestly to somebody just even talking to them whether they're walking down the street or not yeah so So, uh i was driving by a property that we manage and uh i was taking my son out in our truck that we got and i was gonna rev up the engine to make him excited because he's a little he's four years old and he loves that i was gonna peel out okay up the hill (laughs) burn out you know and then and then finn was going yeah that's good you know he's four and i'm going on 35 so um anyway so but i saw i saw an individual walking near our property and he was smoking and which is a little rare for that area um and i just didn't notice him and he he 
just had, you know, like normal beard, whatever, and just kind of walking, which is, but I'd never seen him before. And honestly, I was at the bottom of the hill, and I thought, well, I want to peel out, you know, make my son excited about this, but I'm probably going to scare him. So, but part of my, also my heart was, what's this guy doing on my property? He wasn't on my property, but he's walking near my property. Then I had a moment, I thought, I don't want to scare him, because if it was a blacked out truck, it, I mean, it'd be intimidating to him too. And so I rolled down the window, and I said, hey, how you doing? And he just says hi. And I said, hey, are you, are you from around here? Um, he said, no, I'm from Spain. I said, oh, awesome. Are you a student? Because it was right near the university. So we started talking real briefly. And I said, oh, can you come around to the other side of my truck? Because my kids are in the truck. And so it just was awkward to kind of get out of the truck. But he came by the driver's side. I rolled down the window. It's totally normal. <clears throat> Long story short, his name's Sergio. Got to know him. He's from Spain. It's his second time in Dayton. He's, been, he's a visiting scholar, which means he's smarter than me and probably everybody in this room. Uh, interestingly enough, he's, in, he's a visiting scholar for 12 months researching nutrition, which what is a nutrition scholar smoking a cigarette, you know, by the front? I was like, that didn't make sense. But, but honestly, I thought it's, it's stressful. He's coming from Spain during COVID. I don't even like being in my house during COVID. So the need there, it just, it was, it was kind of overwhelming. I mean, get this thing about now, but um, so anyway, I said, hey, do you have WhatsApp, which is an app that a lot of internationals have? He said, oh, I'd use that. But so anyway, we exchanged numbers. And uh, I said, hey, I'd like to get out, you know, grab coffee with you. Would you, would you be interested in that? And he said, yeah, I would love that. Because I asked him about, do you have any hobbies? He said, not too much. Do you have friends? Do you go out to the bars with your, uh, with your coworkers? Because that's normal for them. He said, yeah, occasionally. He just, he seemed like he just needed relationships. And he was expressing that. Long story short, yesterday, a guy from our church came up to meet my wife and I and said, do you have an international that our family can befriend? Because we're looking for another international to befriend. I said, I got Sergio. And I got my num his number, and I just texted him today, and I said, hey, Wayne is the guy. And we got triangulating that whole thing. And so in probably a week, me, Sergio, and Wayne are all going to grab coffee together because I know that he doesn't just need me. He needs this other family, too, to befriend him. And that was just Wednesday. And the guy was just walking. And I was nervous, and I almost blew it, and I almost scared the guy. And it's like awkward. And, but we just went for it. And I knew, I know that the Lord wants Sergio to know Jesus even more than I do. And that gave me the motivation to try. One thing I thought of, too, was consistency. Um, I became friends with, in the last two years, with the Japanese ambassador to Michigan. Um, and so his wife and I became really close and we just hung out like she'd she'd take the kids to school and then once a week we'd hang out for an hour or two um, taking walks getting coffee playing tennis whatever um, sewing and so just not everybody has an hour or two they can give a week but saying how can I involve these people in my life like if I'm going to a soccer game invite them most people like soccer if your kids are playing baseball, some of these countries I've never seen baseball before, so it's great just to build friendship. Um, so by the time this family left, um, they had relied on me to go to the doctor with them. And for Japanese, that's that's saying something because they're not they're not going to ask for help. Yeah. It's not like they were needy. It was like, oh my gosh, they actually asked. That means we're friends, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, going to the doctor with them just so. Th for language and then going to the hospital. Um, and so just that consistency is what bridges the gap to open the door for Jesus to come in um, and then involving them in my life. It's, it's not that I have to have open uh, spaces in my life. 
It's just that I have to have an open heart to invite them into what I'm already doing. Um, and then be open when they have something going on to go and watch also or do that with them. And I would think if I was out there, well, yeah, that's easy for you guys because you're dealing with students all the time. So how old is Sergio? Oh, okay. So he was, an, he was a 35-year-old. All right. So these aren't just 22-year-olds that we're only talking about. This is people that are y'all's age that still need connections, still need friendships and all that stuff. To continue with the inviting them into your life, uh, one thing that many of us do is invite international students into our homes for Thanksgiving or for Thanksgiving meal or for Christmas meal uh, because these are our holidays. What better way to introduce them to America so that they understand more of what, what America is like, but then also the Christian understanding of Thanksgiving, the Christian understanding of Christmas and Easter. Uh, even just, just bringing them into more education of our holidays is another interaction. Then you ask them about their holidays. It can't just be a one-way street like you mentioned. We Be inquisitive, be a learner. That's another easier way just to connect and build a friendship with internationals. Uh, my parents did this with some students uh, that I was in classes with, and it, it forged an awesome friendship between us and the family. And, um, but sometimes even Thanksgiving seems really intimidating. Like, I have, to, I have to go from zero to sacrifice Thanksgiving. Like, that seems really high. But everybody eats Sunday afternoon after church, whether that's in your home or restaurant. That is an easy third place. It's not your home. It's not their home. It's a safer spot. It's a limited time window. That would be a really easy starting point, even before the Thanksgiving Christmas dinners, uh, just to invite somebody out. And they don't even have to go to church with you. You know, like, hey, my family's, we're coming back. You know, we'll do church or we'll do lunch at this whatever place at 1 o'clock. You know, would you like to meet us there? That would be a really easy entry point. I thought of one other quick thing. I think in relationship, I think in any relationship, but especially with um, international friends, it's important to lay down our right to be offended um, because things that we would look at as culturally taboo things to ask, right? Like, don't ask me about my income. Don't ask me about my whatever, right? In, in our culture that we could take really easily to be offensive, um, that level of taboo understanding is not universal, right? In some ways, maybe, but not, um, and it's not rooted in that heart. I can guarantee you, um, like any question that I've ever been asked by an international that caught me off guard was rooted in a good heart just to seek understanding. It was not asked out of a, a desire to offend. And so I think it's really important that um, if, we've, if we realize that we're feeling offended, right, to just lay that down and say, like, I'm going to choose not to be offended um, because I'm going to believe the best about your heart. Next question is, how long do you wait before you tell your international friend uh, that you're a Christian or that you invite them to church or to a Bible study? What's the deal with that? Every conversation is different, right? Like every conversation you have with someone. Um, so God will open doors in different ways. But even, I mean, even from meeting one, I can say that if someone, you know, why are you talking to me? Or there's so many different, like, because God loves you and, and you're in my city and I want to appreciate you too, you know. Um, I don't think it's ever too early. Uh, we have a guy from Ghana and he prayed a prayer like a couple months ago and he said, God, help us be ambassadors, not secret agents. Mm. And I was like, oh, Lord you know convicting and this is my job like help me be an ambassador not a secret agent 
Christianity is my identity. It's everything I am. So if it doesn't come out at the beginning, mm. then I'm just a fake. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, there's grace in that, but you know, like I have to, I have to face that, you know? Sometimes it may seem easy for us because that's our job. That's what we get paid for. But an easy way to say is, is introducing the name of Jesus and not that you're proclaiming it over them or praying it over them, but just saying, I follow Jesus or I follow Jesus and therefore, and because of that, I want to love people or I follow Jesus. If you're just even referencing that, they understand, most internationals understand like, um, religious figures they understand that that there's i mean they're anticipating that there's christianity in america so that's not always weird or hostile to them and so but we do like to redefine christianity for them maybe not that first conversation but because i follow jesus we like to have people in our home we like to you know get to know people and so um we don't shy away from it but there tends to be as you get more practice uh there you the holy spirit helps us understand when is a natural point to kind of go deeper and deeper with those things yeah, my friend Hadar, uh, he shared like this really cool example that I've heard. Right yeah, right here, up front. Um, Hadar's Nicole's husband, and he's our friend uh, from Saudi Arabia. Now, you're a citizen here, I'm assuming, or resident, something. He's legit. <laughs> and uh, Hadar's such a, a good example, but he said, you know, when we have friends with internationals, uh, he was speaking of Muslims in particular, but it's a chain, right? So the first encounter they have with Jesus and the last, until they become a believer, you know, it's this chain from I, I don't want to know or I'm hostile or in the middle, like, hey, I'm kind of interested and I'm starting to ask questions to I'm a believer. And we, we come into that chain at some point in someone's life. And so if I never talk about Jesus, then like, you know, I'm not really in the chain per se, but yeah, where, where are we at in that chain and becoming friends with someone from them, you know, maybe being hostile all the way to they've become a believer and a missionary, you know. Um, and so just saying, God, where am I at in this chain? What is, you know, Holy Spirit, direct me what to say um, and help me be an ambassador to share the love of Christ. Good. And I do think there are a couple things that we do need to sacrifice at Jesus' feet. Uh, one of those is our false ownership of our own time and our own life and your own self-importance versus opening up your life and inviting more people into it. Uh, we are so protective of my home life. Uh, this is where I sit to watch my football game. Don't mess with me. This is where I sit to watch March Madness. Well, another thing would be to invite someone into next year where you sit to watch March Madness and explain how basketball even works. There, we just have such a protective stance of private time, personal time, and then this is now my ministry time. And if we can put those in the same bowl and just mix them up, then one, you'll experience so much more joy, so much more fun, because now your life is so enriched because you've released your hand, your, your strangle grip on this is my time. Uh, and you have another great story of Darlington of how you opened up your time and your life. And tell us what happened with that. So we moved, and the Lord just provided a great house for us. And so we prayed over our house, and we asked that the Lord would use the house to impact the world. Not in a, uh, not in a prideful way, but just the nations. That's really what the heart was. And so we had a guest room, 
and we we knew we had space and it and it worked out so we we're just kind of praying with our family lord help us you know find somebody we wanted probably an international student to live with us and so we got connected and this uh uh student from ghana um was praying she's a christian student she's praying that she would have a christian family to live with and we got connected to a mutual friend and it worked out great she lived with us i think uh maybe about a year maybe longer uh she became a part of our family and it was a little challenging at first just our culture was different like we didn't know like what's the roles like are we the parents are you because you know she's quite a bit old you know she's a graduate student and uh but our kids loved her uh, I mean, we would do meals together and, you know, we would give her rides at times. Then she got a, we helped her get a vehicle, just different things. Like it just, it really became a part of the family very quickly. And she came from a Pentecostal African denomination. It was really, it really was really fun. Uh, then uh, at one point there was a guy that was courting her and I have a daughter who's nine and I'm not ready to even go down that road with her. So this guy uh, started courting her and I, I felt very protective of her. I was like, this guy is not going to dupe, you know, my now daughter my adopted daughter you know darlington and so we gave this guy a hard road to you know to get into darlington's life and i've even made him sit in the back of our van to express his feelings for darlington you know and, and who's like sitting between two car seats you know that may not have been a good idea but anyway i was protective long story short uh he pr it was it went really well he proposed they got married I got to speak at, I got to do the, the, the message at their wedding. Heather got to be a part of the ceremony. Our kids were in it. Um, then they got a house and they just had their first baby and we got to be there at their baby dedication with their church. And we still call her room Darlington's room. Our whole family still calls it Darlington's room. And she really does feel like a part of the family. And, and we still see her regularly. She's still in our city. And so just like that was such a sweet memory for our whole family to experience it so like if we didn't experience that our kids would not know the nations and what the Lord is doing around the world so one of the misconceptions that we have about reaching internationals is that we have so much to offer them that's a misconception really they have a lot to offer us they reflect and can reflect just as much of the body of Christ as we can and so really it's not just about us giving them friendship it's about wow they're actually reflecting Jesus, our Lord Jesus, back to us and reflecting all of that. And so it added to our family. It did not take away from our family. And so it's just such a cherished relationship for us now. Another quick story is that uh, Nicole befriended some poor soul from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> he wasn't a Christian. And uh, he, he was basically just around the group, not a Christian. His dad actually helped helps people get to Mecca. So so Hader wasn't just like a nominal whatever. They're they're in Islam. But he was befriended by the community and eventually Jesus grabbed his heart, gave his life to Jesus. So when we found out that they were thinking and about dating, we all were protective. Wait, is this guy a fake Christian? Is he a Muslim Christian-ish just to, to marry a blonde girl? Because that's like the the cherished prize sometimes and um and obviously he wasn't obviously he wasn't faking it and just everybody's life is enriched with with differences with people from different places so so i'm thinking about where are you right now um with this because this could be a great talk and a great panel but it may just stay here and you may still go back and not interact with anybody you may even know a person that lives three doors down that's 
an Israeli or is an Iranian or is a Chinese or we have a ton of Turkish people that live right near us. So I'm not sure how much physics and stuff, but there's a difference between static friction and kinetic friction or, or moving friction. Are you familiar with this? Anyone take physics at all? Nobody? Where you have like a, a, an incline or decline, there's a block on it and you got to figure out how much force is required to push that thing down. Okay, so I'm talking to some of you guys. Just get moving. You just got to break that bond. There's, it's, it's a lot, it takes a lot more force to get something started moving than it does to keep it moving. The reason these guys have a lot of stories and I have a lot of stories is because we're moving already. But we, just like you, can stop. We, just like you, can get nervous and just shut this whole thing down. And then the next time you see someone on the side of the road smoking this 35, you think, nah. Or you think, might as well. Might as well. And let's see what God does. And so I really want to encourage you to break that static friction, that, that stopped friction, that thing that's just like holding you back. And I do want you to think, what would hold me back? When I, I, I legitimately am asking, when you leave here, are you going to be the same person or do you get to share your personality, which is needed in the body of Christ, with someone else that maybe isn't in the body of Christ yet, that we need their personality too. Because now all these people that are coming into his kingdom are making his kingdom that much more enjoyable, that much more fruitful, that much more um, full, like our family and our body. And so uh, I don't know if I have any other questions, so I do want to open it up. So Can I, can I give you this? Repeat what you just said. Dave and Emily Brissette worked with internationals for years. We have uh, Japanese. Yes, sir. Thank you. We have Japanese students. We met in 2000, graduated from OSU in physics. We went to Singapore, became a minister. He's working in Tokyo as a pastor. We have Chinese kids, just got a card from their little girl and called us grandma and grandpa. We have Korean kids that we've had. We've had all kinds. Jeff Alexander, do you remember? Oh, he was my buddy, still support him. Thank you. Yeah, uh, number one. For the record, she put a thumbs up for Kaifa, just so you guys know that they're listening. <laughs> so what is, what's a question that you might have, maybe that's going to hold you back, or how do I overcome, or something that we haven't hit on? Because I'm assuming we're going to leave here, and we're actually going to all talk to at least one international person within the next two weeks. That's my legitimate, straight-up challenge. So, Bob. in my area and I couldn't communicate with them. So I was able to download an app where I can communicate with them. And a lot of them are afraid because they are illegal and they always think we are immigration or something. Mm -hmm. So I start talking about Jesus, Jesus, and then that really changes them and communicate with them. 
That is awesome. I used to work in construction before I did Kaiafa, and so we worked with a lot of Elegales. Um, and they loved that I tried Spanish because I was their boss. I had to tell them where to work as a construction worker. And But because I spoke in Spanish, broken as it was, immediately they're endeared to me, and then we're friends. And one, lots of stuff got done that I needed to get done. But also, I wasn't afraid to look foolish. And I would make up words. And, and you know, if, if I was embarrassed, just so you know, embarazado is not embarrassed. It means pregnant. <laughs> and so, so if you say, you know, soy embarazado, then they laugh at you and you wonder why. And so, you know, and then they, then they call you that for, you know, a month or two. Or, so I've heard. So I've heard. So I'm um, just being okay with, with failure and stupidity. Uh, you got to be able to laugh at yourself. That that will break down so many barriers. So what's another? Uh, what's the question? What's what's going to get you moving? Because I'm really hoping that that we look back on this day in heaven and we celebrate and give Jesus glory because of us being in here, propelling, encouraging all of us to befriend internationals that will give their lives to Jesus and change people, change their family her- heritage and lineage. Okay, so kind of along those same lines, but how do you go about, like when you're speaking to an international, do you assume that they know English or do you assume that they don't and try to speak their language or what do you do? Because I don't want to go up and start speaking my broken Spanish to someone and then be like, what is this girl doing? Awesome. Um, so I can share, like, uh, I would say, like, for me, right, I, if I'm talking, I, I have community with a lot of people that speak Arabic, and so they, like, love, kind of like what Steve said, they're fascinated that I try, right, that it, it shows them that I'm invested, and then they laugh, and I laugh, and it's really bad, but um, another thing I think, though, is um, not assuming that everyone speaks English, but I think that a lot more international people know English but are afraid to speak it because they're embarrassed too, in the same way we would be with our second language. And so like my neighbor, for example, her name's Hanouf, um, we speak in English and every time she's like, is this okay? Like, is it okay? You know, and it just takes that constant encouragement to say like, you try your English, I'll try my Arabic and together we're going to figure it out, right? But, you know, so I don't know if that's and just to encourage you, even if they don't speak English, you were drawn to that person for a reason. So just give it a shot. You know, it's probably awkward and it will be difficult. But um, yeah, hand language, Google. You know, there's a lady I walk with once a week for an hour. She's not a student. She's from Japan. And look, about 40 minutes, I'm exhausted because I'm thinking like in the fourth grade English level, you know, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. But like, how's, you know, how else is she going to know if I don't just try? Um, So yeah, just keep doing it. And I mentioned earlier for the introduction, just talk normal. Just hi, I'm whatever your name is. And, and then see how they respond, see how they sound. And if they talk broken, then you and you recognize the language, you're like, Oh, is that this language? And it may not be. And they said, no, it's Korean. It's not. It's like, oh, okay. I don't know any Korean, but I still want to know who you are. And so, but I wouldn't assume. Um, the only time I, I risk it is when I'm at a Mexican restaurant, just because <laughs> I might as well try to order my food in, in Spanish. So who else has a question? We have about five more minutes or so. Okay, I have... 
And a good cup of coffee. <laughs> Coffee, apparently, is the love language of the world, except for in my house. Okay, so here's a question. Wait, wait, wait. A few years ago, uh, a few years ago.